today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are celebrating the Pac-12 update. The Pac-12 is back, Tate. The Pac-12 is, uh, they, they were the one holdout in the power conferences. We get word yesterday that the Pac-12 uh, does care about sports, apparently. Um, I, I don't know how else to frame it, that they, they looked around. They said, but, but fear not, this is not a decision they made about money. The Oregon president came out and said, this has nothing to do with money. This has yes. to do with being the conference of champions. This is uh, about safety. This yeah, is about, this about safety. player safety. And the yes. safest thing that could possibly we could put, we could do for our student athletes is make them play. So the Pac-12 is back. We have Pac-12 football. Most importantly, we have Pac-12 basketball, which you and I cannot get enough of. And, and we'll get into the caveats, but we're very excited. I mean, two months ago, we didn't even know if we would have college sports, let alone college football. It felt like, you know, the world was coming to an end, but we kept positive vibes. All good things happen. And now we have, it may not be the Pac-12, it may be the Pac-6, but we have at least some teams of the West Coast playing football. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah, much like everything else with college basketball, the announcement comes first and then the details. <laughs> yeah, the details later. are going to be figured out in another meeting. <laughs> figured out. But, but uh, yeah, they announced it. Also, we're going to do a little playoff talk. Tyler Hero is all the talk right now of the NBA world. He is a bucket. He is a man that we have been tracking since we watched him in Indianapolis. And you and I looked at each other and said, why the hell is John Calipari running his entire offense <laughs> around number 14 who is yeah, this through guy? this fat white boy what is happening i don't understand uh and Cal famously Cal called the john diebler of kentucky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh cal gets the last laugh i guess in the end cal knew what he knew what he had and uh you and i were like so confused by it but uh yeah tyler hero is a bucket the michael porter mystery the Michael Porter Jr. mystery continues. Continues. Uh, Jamal Murray is is a ton of fun. Uh, there, there's a lot to break down what's going on in the playoffs. Uh, we're we're going to do all of that. And also, it's a Friday show, and we're just going to see what happens. It's a hodgepodge. Let's just it's throw it all hodgepodge. together. What's going on in the world? That's where we're at. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to parse through it all. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. Right, it is Friday morning. We are, are yet again recording on a very early morning for me on the West Coast. You're killing me, Tate. <laughs> Tate is still in North Carolina, uh, and as such, she's making me wake up early as hell on the West Coast to record these things. My brain, I want to I start and apologize for last show. I feel like my brain takes a little while to warm up, and uh, I, I had a very egregious error, and I said that Isaiah Thomas shot happened in 2010 you said it was 2011 and then i fought you on it <laughs> and it's because I, I blame it on the morning i blame it on you making me wake up at 7 a.m to do these things and my my brain's just not firing but uh anyway how's north carolina yeah don't worry about that here's here's what i'll say i apologize i am in north carolina like you said and we did our show we did our top five and i and i thought i was good i thought i covered my bases i thought i was objective uh -huh. i thought i was unbiased um, and immediately, you know, I'm around, you know, there's some NC State fans that are that are close to my hometown and they immediately come at me, Mark Titus. They say, you claim to love Mark Gottfried. You claim to love Junior Smith, Dennis Smith yep. Jr. And you don't bring up the dunk at Cameron Indoor. And uh, first off, I would get him say, on a technicality. Yeah, I was not firing on all cylinders at the time. And <laughs> that that 
is a, just a moment to me that is above a buzzer beater. Uh, it was a cultural moment. Uh, it crossed, uh, you know, the lines of basketball, went above and beyond. So I just want to put that out there as well. I'm sorry to the NC State fans. I'm sorry for bringing up Chandler Parsons and not bringing up Coach K getting smacked in the ass by Mark Godfrey. I love that we're doing we're doing like a press conference, <laughs> like we're disgraced, like we're we're like Tiger Woods after yes. his accident, or like Marion Jones. Let's go put on our blue his... button downs and, yeah. and stand behind that weird gray yeah. wall and just you know apologize like, with a blank face. This was not my best effort i'm yes. better than this yes. this does not represent who i am i, mm-hmm. we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, I will uh, be a better man in the future we're leangelo ball when he stole from <laughs> and he's like, i want to thank president trump and the chinese <laughs> people i am so sorry for <laughs> this is not who i you're like man this is a real genuine character. really genuine stuff here <laughs> never forget leangelo ball thank thank donald trump <laughs> for getting him out of china and that's when people were saying that Donald Trump just got involved in sports. No, he's been there since the ball. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah. That that is that was the OG. Like you think you think Donald Trump tweeted, "You're welcome, Pac-12 and Big Ten for bringing football back." Was the, was the start of him dabbling no. in college sports? No. I want to remind everybody: this man took credit for. <laughs> but he actually kind of like, if I remember right, like he, he did actually help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part was like he actually should have taken credit. Uh, What's going on in North Carolina? Do you, do you have any updates, boots on the ground journalism? Uh, what's mm. going on with the Tar Heels? Do, are we going to suck again this year? Have, have they flushed the uh, last season out? Like, how's the football pro- – is it true that the football program's not playing for, like, three weeks? I jumped <laughs> off the bandwagon at the right time. Like, what the hell? You play one game, you beat Syracuse, and it's like your national champs? Well, it's 1-0, and and I think in the football world, you know this. That's all you want to be. You just want to be 1-0, and and you can only play who's in front of you. Charlotte was supposed to come to North Carolina. They had COVID complications. They don't play. North Carolina tries to schedule another game. Nobody wants to play this this powerhouse up here in Chapel Hill. <laughs> That's scary. They get a break, and their next game is at Boston College. That's going to be a doozy. Uh, as far as North Carolina basketball – um, I had some boots on the ground. Go to Roy Williams' office. Uh, a friend of the program, mm. Charlie, who you know, who helped with mm. our live show. He he talked to Roy Williams. Practice is looking great. Um, there's a lot of optimism around the program. Uh, haven't heard much out of the Duke camp. Tried to reach out to, to some friends of the program <laughs> there. Uh, no word back. Still Tight waiting. They, they held up the. Yeah, you, they, they were holding up the towels, like trying yeah. to block you off. You, you walked on campus, and there's a guy with a towel just walking by you, trying to it's manage like, your please, towel. Please get this guy off campus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, NC State, like I said, we, we talked about Kevin Keats, the program and the pods that he has going. He is like uh-huh. the poster boy for how to handle uh, the COVID situation as far as a coach. So that's the triangle in North Carolina. Okay. And, and then in my hometown, you know, I'm just uh, hanging out with the family, you know, playing a little bit of golf and, uh, you know, getting there ready for college basketball. It's so what about the What about the rhombus? What about Wake Forest? What about <laughs> Steve Forbes spiking the that, – that, that breaks my heart. We bring back the rhombus, bring back uh, – Bring back Wake Forest. The fact that you didn't give a Wake Forest update because Wake Forest is too far away is is heartbreaking. Honestly. Yeah, blame Winston Salem. But yeah. but I will say uh, Olivier Saar is the Wake Forest news. But we'll get to yeah. That. We're going to talk about that in a second. We got to we got to cover this Pac-12. Oh, before we do that, I, I wanted to I wanted to say this because uh, uh, this is an idea Tate and I had. We want to uh, uh, for for the Friday show. We, we like to we, we we used to do dirty laundry. We'll probably bring that back during the season when, when the we used to do casual up. Fridays. Which we used to do like- casual Fridays. We do dirty laundry. We we tried uh, when we were in an independent podcast podcast when we relaunched. We did the fan service Friday where I'd like mm. tweet out something. I was like, whatever you guys want us to talk about, literally anything. And then people were like, talk about the Syrian civil war. And I was like, mm. all right, we're like, ah. bad idea. <laughs> nope. <laughs> all right, dude. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna scrap that bit. Uh, so we have a new horrible idea, um, and then this new horrible idea we're calling Five Star Fridays, where. Yes. Uh, 
we're going to go through all the, the reviews on, on, on Apple, right? Is, is that mm-hmm. the easiest way yes, to do this? Yes, yes. We'll, we'll uh, do Apple. Give us a five-star review, and in the comment of the review, uh, ask us questions, say whatever you want, and we will address all the five-star reviews, um, mm. which I guess, is this, is this like kind of the same thing as Fan Service Friday, where it's just going to, like, I, I, I'm foreseeing people that are just like, Tell us why you guys left the ringer. <laughs> yeah. And, like that's and gonna, honestly, that's pretty much what's going to be. And but at least, we can talk, at least, it, it, at yeah, least this not, time we're getting a five-star review out of it. Like we're actually and, getting something out of it. And I'm down to talk about it now because there's no legal that's ramifications. True. So if you ask the questions now, I may give there's, you real answers. But there's you no have legal to give ram- a five-star yeah. review. You have to give the review. You have to that's give five-star. The there's no legal ramifications for you. For me, <laughs> yeah. <there's> still, <laughs> you still have ramifications. I still have a few <laughs> weeks left on the clock. I'm trying to run out here. But uh uh yeah so that's our new bit five star fridays go leave yep. us a five star review and we will address it and, and, and for the haters out there that are saying you guys are rigging the system yes. uh in a word yes yeah yes. i mean do you, yeah. not, do you not understand how college sports work like this is how it works like this is how we, we are we are trying to be the podcast that like we're, we're the equivalent of the the uh the recruit that like sign that's mcdonald's all of them or you know a guy a guy who's like a four star and then he signs with Kentucky or Duke. Mm. And now he gets bumped up to a five star, or uh, a guy who um, isn't isn't good enough to be a McDonald's All American, and then he commits to Duke, and then suddenly he gets put in a McDonald's All American game. Like that's what the we're plumbing. trying to do. It's yeah, the yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying to finagle the system to get the mm-hmm. uh, the five star. So yeah, we're gonna start that next week. Five star Fridays. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll let you guys. It's like our our version of the mailbag. Like whatever you guys want us to talk about. Go leave a review, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it on Fridays. And maybe um, you even put like dirty laundry stories in there. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Yeah, whatever we'll, you we'll, want. We'll read all the five stars, uh, and and we'll address them. Uh, all right, we gotta we gotta get to the Pac-12 update. This is your domain. I'll let you take the lead. Uh, I I have a habit of doing this because I love the Pac-12 so much. <laughs> uh, f- as a refresher, the whole the Pac-12 update bit started because Ohio State going into Ohio State North Carolina game, we decided that yes. was the stakes. Whoever loses has to do the Pac-12 update all season. Ohio mm-hmm. State famously beat the hell out of North Carolina in the D-Dome, mm-hmm. 25 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had to take on the Pac-12 update duties. And then as the season progressed, you fell I, in love with I, got, I got it, more it, and more it, jealous. It, it, it was so <laughs> yeah. good that you were like, can I do the Pac-12 update? Yeah, I wanted can, to do Can it. I jump in here? Because we learned yeah. via the Pac-12 update that the storylines are really – the narratives are in the Pac-12. Not the, not the games that matter, not the yeah. moments that matter, the narratives. And I think the report that comes out here at the Pac-12 update, John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News, uh, says the league is <laughs> – The effort is to restart October 31st, but not every program may be ready at that Mm -hmm. time. If it's not Halloween, it will be November 7th. And basically, they think that for the first week, this is the Pac-12 update, that 12 teams will not be ready. That is the real update. There is your narrative. Yes, the Pac-12 is going to play football. They said originally they were not going to play any sports in 2020. They have now recanted that. They still have another meeting on September 24th to kind of finalize all these details. But the word out of the Pac-12 is as simple as this. Football comes back on Halloween. Teams are prepared to play football on Halloween, but at least we got – five or six teams that will be prepared. Oregon is ready to go. Oregon State's ready to go. The mm-hmm. state of Oregon is ready to play. Um, and that that is pre- basically where we are, Buck Pettis. Maybe six teams, maybe the Pac-6, but at least we have football. <laughs> at least we have uh, – yeah, at this least. is – as at I least. said at the top, this is the classic uh, – we're getting a lot of this out of college sports lately. The uh, Make the announcement, figure out the details later. Mm. Uh, but it, I will say it worked for the NBA. The NBA, Adam Silver came out and was like, we're doing a bubble. And then you and I looked at each other like, how is that – Wait, even- what? Yeah, what are the details? He's like, we don't really know. We'll figure it out. 
And then they figured it out. They've, uh, they have figured it out against all odds. I, I still say that this is like the greatest upset in sports history. I stand by that. I don't think that was a hot take in the moment when I said, if they can get through the bubble and crown a champion, it'll be the greatest upset ever. I still think it is. The fact that like Daniel House, as far as we know, Daniel House is the only guy that kind of compromised the integrity of the bubble. And even then it was nothing. And even then he already knew he was going to lose. So he basically was like one foot out the door. And I I think the most amazing upset of it all is that I thought that the entire time we would get done with the game and then it would be the news and notes of, you know, who did this after the game. Yeah, right, right. Uh, You know, the testing part. Like, we haven't even really thought about the testing. The snitch line. I thought the snitch line would be a hot topic that we'd just be like, all right, Tate, here's the, here's the snitch report. We have these seven things yeah, going on. turns there. out the snitch line has turned into the official line where guys are just snitching yeah. on the other team for not the, getting the fouls the that snitch, they want. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the snitch line it's is LeBron great. calling saying, like, why are we – I might not get more free He's throws. like, I need at least 15 free throws. <laughs> yeah, what's please? going on here? Uh, all right, back to the Pac-12. So, uh, yeah, as you said, the, the expectation is they're going to have a seven-game football season starting November <laughs> 6th, 7th, something like that. Number, November 7th. October yeah, 31st yeah. at best. Halloween. At best. Uh, but, yeah, we, we kind of touched on this last show that the Pac-12, uh, it's easy to roll your eyes at, 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 and say <laughs> that they, they are soft on the coronavirus thing or, and, and, or what, whatever you want to say. Like, honestly, the, the, it's, it's not even necessarily the schools that are, are making these decisions. As we touched on last week, it's two guys that are West Coast guys now. Uh, the governments, the local governments, <laughs> like like Los Angeles County. Keep politics out of sports. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm I was still, I was explaining this to my dad yesterday. I was on the phone with him, and, and I swear to God, every time I talk to my parents, they're like, like they're like, how you doing out there? And I'm like, well, you know, it still kind of blows. Like there's not a lot to do, and you're kind of locked in, and mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know what they're. I've I've made this point a million times. Like I don't know if we should open or not. Like I'm leaving it up to the people in charge, but at the same time it's kind of wearing on us. So everything's locked down. And my dad's like, well, why don't you go? And, and my parents just suggest like, why don't you go do X? And I'm like, dad, I don't know how to explain it to you. This whole place is shit. Like we gyms are not open. We cannot, you cannot <laughs> exercise here. You cannot, like you have to go outside to exercise. Um, and I say all that to say, I told my dad yesterday that Los Angeles County is still at tier one lockdown uh, out of four. I think there are four tiers. Yes. And like tier, tier five being like, everything's back to the way it was before any coronavirus, anything. Um, so tier four is like the loosest restrictions. Uh, we are still at a tier one. And I, mm. I say that to say that like, this is the obstacle facing a lot of these programs. And this is the point that you made about the, the, uh, whether they'll be ready or not. Um, this, this so it's easy to just say, LOL pack 12, that they, they are the latest <laughs> to the party that like, they have no idea what they're doing, but it is a sticky situation out here because, uh, even the governments are now coming out. Like we, we were joking about that where Newsom's like, I never said you can't do that. But then like all these college football reporters are like, uh, if this legislation passes or this, this restriction gets lifted, then teams can actually start practicing. So the, the waters have been muddy takes. I don't even know like what, it, you know, I don't know who's allowed to practice. Who's not. Um, but, but, but football's back. It's back. Back <laughs> 12 is back. It is back. And I mean, like Chip Kelly and UCLA, I think that was the story we talked about last week where they were just kind of like, uh, what do you mean we're going to play football? Like, uh, yeah. wait a second, we have to get everything, our ducks in a row. We thought we were just going to get paid out for the season. So it's basically the Arizona schools are, are going to be able to play because they haven't had the, the COVID restrictions. The Washington yeah. schools are going to be able to play. Uh, Colorado is going to be able to play. Utah is going to be able to play. And that yep. gets you to six schools right there. And then Oregon saying that they're ready to go as well, like throw, yep. throw their hat in the ring. But in the Pac-12, as you and I both know, I mean, USC football 
is yep. probably going to be one of your biggest draws. So if USC is behind the eight ball, that's not you know what you want to hear if you're a, a mm-hmm. Pac-12 diehard guy. Uh, and like I said, Chip Kelly, UCLA, what happens there? Um, I, I think at the end of the day, they're all in this rat race to get to the December 19th date, which is basically yeah. when we have the conference championship so that they can be considered for a BCS position. I just want to find, you know, the, the fascinating part to me will be in that moment, the, the nine games or the seven games or the 11 games that the ACC is going to play. How do you factor that all in? Because if, if you yeah. are nine and one or nine and two, whatever it is, and then you have a team that's seven and oh, what, what does that look like? And uh, it's going to be chaos. Yeah, it's they, going to be they, fun for us. They said they don't expect that this will affect the Pac-12's uh, uh, chances at making the playoff. And they're absolutely right. It won't because no one ever considers the Pac-12 for the playoff anyway. Mm. <laughs> like like the, the college football playoff committee was like, yeah, cool. You guys can play 400 games. You're not getting in. The only, <laughs> the only way you're getting in is you're undefeated. And you know, everyone else has two losses. That's your chance. Um, yeah, I'm not even, I don't even think I'm joking with that, by the way. Like if, 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 if a Pac-12 team goes undefeated, because they're only playing each other, right? The Pac-12 is only playing Pac-12. If a Pac-12, yes. if USC or, it's not going to be USC. If Oregon or Washington are, are probably the best bets. Uh, if Oregon goes undefeated and there's a one-loss SEC team, there's, the, you know, there's an undefeated SEC team, a one-loss SEC team, Ohio State's undefeated. And there's a North one Carolina's loss. one loss. Yeah. yeah. And there's, or, or like Texas has one loss in the big 12 <laughs> and they win the big, like you're not putting an undefeated PAC 12 team. I, I'm not even saying, I'm not making the argument. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying what should happen. I'm saying, I'm going to tell you what will happen. What yeah, will happen. yeah. There's yeah. no chance that they're putting an undefeated PAC 12 team in that's only played PAC 12 team, but you know, it'll be fun for the, for the PAC 12 people that PAC 12 football is back. Uh, but yeah, Oregon president, Michael Schill, uh, is that how you say his last name? Is his last name literally Schill? Yeah, I think like he, so. Yeah, that, that, he, that's that's a little that, too on the nose for us. That is way too on the nose. He comes out and he says, "This has nothing to do with money. This decision." Has- I am not shilling. I promise, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> right, holy shit! This guy's last name is Shill, and he's out here leading the charge. And how this had nothing to do with money. Shill, go take care of this. Yeah, we could get someone else to, to make this announcement. Uh, he he says this has nothing to do with money, which obviously he's wrong. Uh, the other the other note I had. Um, which I wanted to I wanted to flesh out here with you. What happened to the uh, the We Are United movement? Remember that? Mm. Do you remember that moment in time when we were like, oh, there's something going on here where the players that was the Pac-12 players they they spearheaded this movement. They said we are going to basically try to unionize or whatever. Uh, maybe it wasn't. T- I, again, I'm not a labor expert, so I don't know what the term they they form an association, whatever it was. I don't know. I don't know what the term is, but they were trying to come together a conglomerate to. Uh, to say these are our demands, these are things we would like to see addressed. Uh, and, and the understanding was they did not want to play unless these things were addressed. And then that quickly got flipped on its head when the the schools came out and were like, we're, we're canceling the season. And it's like all the players were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, well we didn't want that. We still want now to play. We want to, yeah. Now hashtag we want to play. Uh, that's all I was thinking about. Like when the Pac-12 announces back, everyone's celebrating. I was like, what was it like two months ago, the Pac-12, like, we, the we are united thing was kind of the i don't that know that was that that was the news of the day and i think uh in what the a pan- weird time we're living in <laughs> i was gonna say in the pandemic news cycle things get lost in the shuffle in fact uh my mom last night we were talking about uh all the things going on with the Asheville invitational and uh you know all the all the reports that were coming out and she was like you should just do a show you and mark should do a segment called follow-up where you get like something that was <laughs> yeah, a big like yeah. a headline and then we just follow up to see like what actually is the update on that because what happened with that yeah. yeah like yeah what and this is a great example of that because i i do i would love to know that and obviously 
obviously, you know, we are, you know, this is our job to look these things up. But like you said, I mean, it was the big headline of the day and then it's been lost in the 200 news cycles after the fact. So we'll I think, I, I think it really was like when the season got canceled, uh, that was calling the bluff. And, um, I, I, I am for the players. I'm pro players. I hope all these guys get the name image likeness thing. I hope they get, uh, some compensation, but, uh, mm. that, that, that kind of took the wind out of their sails when they were like, we, we are not going to play unless you do this. And then the, the, all the conferences, not all of them, the big 10 and big 12, cause it was the big 10 and big 12 or the mm. big 10 and pac 12. I mean, those were the two that were leading the, we are united charge. Right. Cause then the, the big 10 got on board and like this whole thing, uh, and then the moment those two conferences cancel, <laughs> it was like the whole movement was dead. Cause like yeah, all no, those players the were SEC like, doubled wait, wait. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The SEC was like, you guys want to play in the SEC? And everyone at UCLA was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we want to play too. And it's like, well, you just said you didn't want to play unless all these things were. Yeah, and then it, and then it got confusing. Uh, so as it stands right now, Tate, the Ivy League is the only what we know is the Ivy League is the only basketball conference. Let's let's shift to basketball because Pac-12 mm. football is coming back, but it also means that Pac-12 basketball is back because that didn't. I don't think that was official until they made this. We we had an understanding that Pac-12 basketball was going to be back, but uh, it's like official now that that they have gotten the okay because it all got pushed back as well to do the January first thing. As you said, mm-hmm. it was like they, were, they said nothing's going to happen in 2020. We'll revisit January first, um, but now Pac-12 basketball is back on the menu. Um, so as it pertains to basketball, Ivy League. It, it, my understanding is the Ivy League is the only basketball league that is conference still, only. Yeah, that is still said. We we are not necessarily starting on that November twenty fifth date. We we are focused on a conference only thing. Uh, Ivy League famously was the first conference that backed out of the uh, the NCAA tournament or the post. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they got the ball rolling in that. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we stand, I guess. Is the, it's the Ivy League is is all that's left, and otherwise we have a full basketball season coming up. It's just, we don't have any of the details, <laughs> but we're and, back. And, and the details will be figured out. I think that's yeah. my favorite line of the 2020 season. When we talk about this stuff, they will iron out the details later. You will get the mm-hmm. details once we figure them out. Uh, it is obviously a, a chaotic situation for everybody involved. And it, it brings up one of our favorite terms of this program, which I wanted to talk about force majeure because, mm. uh, in the world of, you know, pandemics and, and things like this and in the college sports world, you have these contracts where you're scheduled to play certain games and have, you know, th- these matchups that are already made out and, and you have to, you know, follow through with your contract. Something like Duke would do with the Battle for Atlantis. And the force mm-hmm. majeure of the situation is basically the Battle for Atlantis. That's why we get the cancellation. The Battle for Atlantis mm-hmm. say it says it's canceled. Therefore, the contract is null and void. So the force majeure does not have to be in play where Duke is owed to go to South Dakota. Right. And then we have these other things where, you know, the teams that get paid early on, like the uh, uh, the Stephen F. Austins of the world that would get paid to go play at Cameron Indoor, the, those contracts, will there be a force majeure there because those games mm-hmm. would be pushed back? We don't know. It seems like most most everyone is kind of being, you know, contrite and you know saying hey look at the situation it is what it is we're not gonna we're not gonna pull the force majeure on you uh but they may because this this is the time we've seen headlines and we've seen statements and we've seen you know the backtracking so i I don't know what will happen with all this but it it does seem like we're gonna have a lot of uh legal um jargon and controversy coming out of all this yeah what's the deal with what's the deal with maui and like all those guys Maui's like the one tournament, my understanding, that like no one's backing out of, no one's talking about backing out of. It gets moved to Asheville, and everyone's like, yeah, we're in this. Uh, mm-hmm. is, is, there, there's got to be something in the Maui contract that, that there is no force majeure. They have a, they have a, they have a larger force at play than the force, the force yeah. Maui. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the force, force Maui is stronger than the force majeure. <laughs> it's and... an unstoppable force is what it is. And I think that's what we learned because the Maui Invitational being in Asheville seems improbable, damn yeah. near impossible. And the fact that it's but, happening shows you the strength and the force of the Maui. Yeah, the, Faust, Maui, the force Maui. Uh, because, no, in all seriousness, it's like the one event that like is locked in and, and, and there was never any whispers of anyone. There's no back. wavering. Yeah. yeah. Even when Stanford, like even when the Pac-12 came out and said, we're not playing until January 1st, uh, Stanford was like still, it was still understood that Stanford was going to play. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, except for Stanford, you guys will be going. Stanford, like it's in the contract of Maui that like Stanford, if if that happens, Stanford has to leave the Pac-12 officially. That's what gets Stanford out of the Pac-12. They have to play in the Maui Invitational. Like, it it may happen. Stanford's the only team right now that seems like they're pretty uh, apathetic about the fact that yeah. football is coming back. They're just like, yeah, uh, we don't think this yeah. is safe. It's kind of like Stanford in the Ivy League, the, the quote unquote yeah. smart. Schools. Yeah, we They're, get it, Stanford. <laughs> we get it. Like, we get it. You got science. It. Yeah, oh, science, science. Shut up, Mr. Scientist. <laughs> I saw that the is it the NCA, whoever it is, that the, made the announcement that all teams are bowl eligible. So that's mm. interesting. So congratulations to the Indiana Hoosiers uh, for being bowl eligible for the first time in a very long time. Actually, that's not true. The IU made a bowl like a few years ago. I think like the pinstripe bowl. But uh, yeah, the all teams are bowl eligible. Tate, how is that going to work? How does this? Uh, this what, is a. What, yeah, <laughs> this is a very ACC play, a Coach yeah. K play, where yeah. everyone has a guaranteed postseason because that gives you the incentive to play these games. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, with all this college football stuff, if every if the majority is in and they're invested in the product of college football, then we all win in their mind. And if there's anyone that's like a Stanford of the world that are standing on the sidelines that are that are pointing fingers, then they're worried about those guys. And I think by promising a bowl game. Uh, yeah, you get you get everyone back invested, and I think that's pretty much yeah, the play there. It's true because yeah, if you're if if you're four games into the season, and you're one and three. You might just pack <laughs> yeah, it up. You might just yeah, be exactly. like, hey, who cares? What are we doing? Let's let's pack up the season. Yeah. But now now you keep playing because you might win the uh, Gator.com or the Belt Bowl. Mayonnaise. Or, yeah, the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl. The whatever Duke's it is. Mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, baked beans. <laughs> so many bowl games. Bean and bowl. Uh, the, AC, the, the only other notes I had on, like, stuff coming back, and then we got to talk about Olivier Star because this is a juicy story that we mm. should have uh, talked about sooner than, than, than this. But uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge is a go. That, that, according to our good buddy John Rothstein, is happening on campus, Tate. So we're excited about that. We're ACC Big Ten guys. Um, also, Nebraska has backed out of the Myrtle Beach Invitational, and now Fred Hoiberg is trying to form his own bubble in Lincoln. Uh, so there's that. This I, is when the force majeure comes in, right? So this yeah. is when Myrtle Beach says, hey, you had a contract with us. And it's one thing to say that you can't come down and mm -hmm. play games at Myrtle Beach because, you know, you don't want to go to, you don't want your players going to senior frogs and coming back and, and having <laughs> yeah. some issues. And we get that. But you can't then have a competitive event that would then hurt our actual tournament. Right, and I think right. that's where, that's like the Duke situation, right? Duke is talking about having a Black Lives Matter tournament in Durham. And then John Calipari hears this and says, we're going to have a Black Lives Matter tournament in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. So like, so that's, that's where we are. It's like all these teams now, like yeah. Vegas. We talked about the Super Bubble in Vegas. It's like, it, yeah. it's like now we're creating new venues and new tournaments to compete with the original tournaments. Meanwhile, Whoa. Maui, 
our tournament our turn uh, our beloved turn well yeah. i'm just worried because like all these all these teams are louisville has the bubble duke has the bubble uh kentucky now nebraska i'm worried that like basically the non-conference season is we're, we're gonna get no good games whatsoever thankfully the acc big Ten challenge is gonna happen but i my fear is that we're trending towards like every power five school is going to make their own bubble. They're going to invite every team within like a hundred mile radius, every tiny little school within a hundred mile radius, come get their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be like, they're going to beat the asses of like five schools that are around them. And then that's going to be the, that's going to be our non-conference schedule. And that's going to be it. And I hope, I certainly hope that's not the case. I saw uh, Gonzaga Baylor. They're adamant about playing that game, which yes. is going to be a great game. It might be a one versus two game. Uh, they're, they're saying they might play it in Orlando because ESPN is flexing the, the Disney Mickey Mouse mm. is flexing mm. big time. And like every Disney thing is like, yeah, just send it down to Orlando. Um, so there, there will be some good stuff, but I, I'm, I'm tracking this, this power five situation. All these schools are like, we're just going to create our own bubble. And it's like, well, if everyone has a bubble, who is stepping into the other guy's bubble? Nobody. Nobody. Exactly. Yeah, we can't, we was... can't all live in our bubbles or else there's no games, guys. We need, we need guys to step into bubbles that are already formed, please. I can't wait for Mark Turgeon in Maryland to have beaten Towson, UMBC, and, yeah. uh, and, and like yeah, they, right. have, they have claims to be like the number one team in the yeah. country. And uh, Kentucky has to play Rick Stansbury in Western Kentucky. I mean, and it, it is. Be- Kentucky beats Transylvania University, that little tiny ass <laughs> school that's in Lexington. They just beat, they just play them like six times, and they're like, "We're number one." And you're like, "Come on, guys, can we?" <laughs> Somehow Vanderbilt plays Belmont, loses. Everyone's like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Kentucky. Um, we have to talk about Olivier Sar. So this is the story yeah. for those that aren't uh, locked in on, on all the happenings with this. So uh, if you've been paying attention to college basketball, uh, you may have noticed that a lot of guys are getting waivers. Uh, a lot of transfers are getting waivers immediately. They transfer, uh, especially during this coronavirus situation. Um, and it's not even that. Like before, before this happened, like in the last few years, transfers have been so easy to get uh Rostin is 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 up in arms about it he's pissed off that they're handing out transfer waivers like watermelons on the fourth of july is what he says um but yeah transfer waivers are are very very easy to get uh but olivier Sars is having a problem he's not been cleared and this is this is frustrating for kentucky fans because they're like why is every other case seemingly being cleared uh olivier Sars is not um olivier Sars, of course is wake forest best player he transferred uh, he's, he played at Wake Forest for three years. Danny Manning gets fired. Steve Forbes gets hired. Um, he, and then he, he watches the Steve Forbes. It really, the timing literally yeah, was no, like he, a, he saw him throw that mask down and he said, uh, Coach Kyle Perry, I'm committed. Be All me. jokes aside, that video came out and within like 12 hours, Olivier starts out transferring. So, uh, so he transfers to Kentucky, but he has not been cleared yet. He is not a graduate transfer. He, is not, he did not earn his degree at Wake Forest, so he is not immediately eligible. He has to get a waiver. And the question is, why is this waiver not being cleared? And our good buddy Dick Vitale has some clarity on this, Tate. That the reason he has not been cleared is because there is a he, – he, as it turns out, he has been cleared by the NCAA. The NCAA has said, according to Dick Vitale, the NCAA has said, you are cleared. The problem is the SEC has a bylaw that says that if you have fewer than two eligible seasons left, which is to yeah. say like basically one, but there are some cases where guys have like one and a half years, whatever. Uh, if you have fewer than two eligible seasons left and you are not a graduate transfer – you have to get an SEC waiver, basically. You can't, you can't like, do a one-year transfer unless you're a graduate transfer. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that rule exists, other than I, I don't really get, like, why have the demarcation of, like, a, if you have one year left, why not just make it, like, every transfer has to get a waiver? I don't really get mm. But that's, like, in the, that's in the SEC bylaws. And apparently the SEC has not cleared SAR 
And the reason, according to Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, who, who quote tweeted the, the Dickie V tweet saying this is the situation. <laughs> Kyle Tucker says, I also know of at least one SEC coach who has spent some time banging the drum <laughs> to the league this summer against Sar getting that waiver. So the understanding is this, according to our sources, that the SEC is not giving him the waiver because there's an SEC coach who is complaining to the SEC office saying you cannot clear Olivier Sar because our rules say he should not be able to play. Obviously, the next question after all of this, Tate, is who is that SEC coach? And is his name Bruce Pearl? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> 100%. And I think, uh, I think the best part about this whole situation was, you know, Dickie V had been tweeting about Olivier Saar for quite some time, right? Like, this mm -hmm. was his, like, fixated point. And he went from tweeting, hey, NCAA, let the kid play, baby! Yeah, yeah. And then, and then somehow someone, I guess, eventually was like, please, at the NCAA office calls Dickie V and says, we cleared him two months ago. Yeah, listen, you asshole. Please stop reaching out to us. And uh, so then he switched up his, his line of communication to the SEC and my, my 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 heart of hearts i wanted it to be will wade i wanted it i was to gonna be say so because because everyone <laughs> thinks it's bruce pearl what if it's not bruce pearl what if what if the tweet like it, bruce pearl is the obvious candidate but i don't think because bruce pearl like when when sar initially transferred bruce pearl went on some radio show uh and i don't have all my details in front of me i should have done a better job but he went on some show and was like bitching about the transfer like right out of the gate yeah and plus bruce pearl is just the type of dude to get involved in this kind of shit so mm -hmm. uh everyone pointing the finger at bruce pearl it makes a lot of sense. Like if rightfully so. If you're betting, you would bet you would bet the house on Bruce Pearl being the guy. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But for for exercise sake, just for fun, like what if it's not Bruce Pearl? Like it could it could very easily be Will Wade. It could very easily mm -hmm. be Tom Crean, right? Rick Barnes. Like who who if it's not Bruce Pearl? What are the power rankings of guys who it is? Is it Will it's Wade number one or Tom Crean number one? Uh, I think Rick Barnes, number one for me. Do you think Rick, Rick Barnes? I think okay. Rick Barnes is, uh, what you know, he's like on the precipice of trying to unseat Kentucky in his mind. Uh, mm. After turning turning down the UCLA job, he says, you know, the, the, he's got he's got uh, Eves Ponds and the rest of the boys ready to go. They're, they've been working out. They're not afraid to, to get mm -hmm. their team in conditioning and make a run this season. I think Will Wade is number two. And then I honestly think Tom Crean is at the bottom of the list because I think Tom Crean really wants to be friends with Coach Cal. I think he wants you're right. to be. I think he wants to be like his buddy in the league. Where Coach Cal goes to Georgia and is like, "Man, this is one of the toughest road environments in the country. I don't care what anybody says. You come, you come to Athens, Georgia. It's going to be a tough night." Yeah. And Crean's like, "I appreciate that, Coach Cal." So I, I, I don't think he's involved in this. I do think Bruce Pearl probably is legitimately number one, but outside yeah. of him, it's uh, Rick Barnes, Will Wade. I, I, I like your train of thought. Tom, Tom Crean at Indiana is the guy. Like, Tom Crean yeah, at Indiana, yeah, yeah. I put him number one. Tom Crean at Georgia just wants John Calipari to rub his belly. Yeah, and he's like, I think let's be friends. Yeah, let's we can – yeah. Yeah, I don't think Tom Crean is going to be up there. I uh, well, It's it's Will Wade and Rick Barnes. I, I think the other part of working in Rick Barnes' favor or, or, or making the case against Rick Barnes is he's, like, older. And I could see, like, some of the older guys, some of the good old boys in the SEC, like, this is this is a little – John, this is, this is a bridge too far, buddy. Like, what you're doing here is – like, we have an understanding of how to play the game, and you're – you can't just, like, take the – like, when we, when we take transfers, we're trying to take, like, guys who are, like, B-plus players. We're not trying to get some A-pluses on the transfer market, John. Come on. You can't be doing that here. Uh the other, the other name I want to throw out, like, and in the, in the, by the way, in the same vein of like the older guys, it's like Ben Hallen, Kermit Davis. Mm. Like th those guys strike me as like some of the older head. Like they have a problem with it. This isn't, you know. Um, but the other, the other two names I wanted to throw out as possible candidates. Uh, number one, Mike White. 
Yeah, Mike White's up there. Mike White feels like he would be up there. He would be he's especially knowing his dad, Kevin, and and understanding the like sort of into workings of like ACC to SEC, like the, that changing of the rules and, and like sort of like the, the bylaws of what's going on there. It seems like he would know what it was. The red yeah, tape yeah. behind it. Also, like Mike White, like for the longest time, uh the SEC SEC basketball was Florida and Kentucky. It was Kentucky was the top dog, and then Florida was like actually sneaky better it, it was sort of like arizona ucla in the pac-12 where it's like ucla is the face of the pac-12 but like actually arizona is better mm-hmm. that's kind of how it was in the sec where like kentucky was the face but like if you actually looked at it, it's like florida goes to the lead eight every single year they seem to mm-hmm. win the league mm-hmm. uh is florida actually the better program now florida's slipping mike white knows it he seems like a guy that would just light the whole house on fire he's like you're, you're all coming down you're the, you, I, i'm bringing you all down with the ship like you're all coming with me uh, and, and trying to sabotage Kentucky. Um, but the name I want to throw out as the sneaky name that no one would ever think of. And I, I just want to say Stackhouse. If you no, say Stackhouse. I don't, I, don't, I don't think, no, no, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he belongs on the power rankings. I just want to point out that he is a coach in the SEC because I think this is flying under the radar and it scares the shit out of me. Lane Buzz Kiffin. Williams. No. Oh. <laughs> Buzz Williams. Okay. Uh, I don't think people are aware that Buzz Williams is the head coach of Texas A&M. I don't mm. think I, I I've made this point a few times. Buzz Williams has been suspiciously quiet. Buzz Williams, uh, no pun intended, but I guess it is pun intended if I say no pun intended before I say the line. Uh, there's not a lot of buzz. Ooh. Around, uh, and I don't trust him. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. I, I feel like there's something going on there that like, we're going to look up in like three years and it'd be like, how the hell did this happen that Texas A&M is this good? Where did this come from? And I, I just wanted to call everyone's attention to Buzz Williams because th- he's, he's, he's definitely scheming right now. Like, he's definitely like uh, – yeah, he's like zero dark third. Like, he actually posts a lot on Instagram. But, like, his, his – I don't know. There just feels like there's something about him where he's like – he's like a rapper that, like, went dark and he's working on an album and he's in the lab and he's going to come mm. out and, like, just, like, shut it down. And, like, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from Buzz Williams right now. And he actually did know. like a he did a really good like uh, you talk about his Instagram. He did like a big mental health thing like during the summer, yeah. talking about dealing with the quarantine and like how he had to figure out his new routine. And like he kind of, I mean, I know he endeared himself to me a little bit, being you know showing the human side of himself. Mm-hmm. I think that the only thing I, I agree with the idea of him in the laboratory cooking up something, some sort of concoction to get out the Kentuckys of the world to make the play for the new he's, era. He's up to something. I don't know what it is. He's up. To I, I, I think he's up to getting the Texas job, but you know, okay. I don't, I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't, don't want to get the A&M fans upset. So I'll say maybe, maybe he is making that deep, that deep state run at, uh, <laughs> deep state run. <laughs> at trying to get Calipari out of the SEC. So that, that could be, uh, so the, I, I guess we'll just go through the other SEC coaches that we could in this <laughs> exercise. So I, I, I rule all these guys out. I don't think it could be Nate Oates. Nate Oates is, no. doesn't strike me. Eric, no. Eric Musselman, no, it's not him. He, he, I, I, do, you, do you think so? Do you think Muss is capable? No, Muss is in the same boat where Muss would want to help Calipari. Because yeah, Muss Mus, Mus wants to be. They want to be like the three amigos. Like you yeah, Muss is nice. Muss strikes Cal. me as nice to a fault. Like Muss would just like yeah, Muss mm-hmm. would buy ammunition for Calipari, hand it to him, and then Cal mm-hmm. would use the ammunition on him and be like, "What? Why did you do that?" <laughs> Cal's like, "This is the SEC, bitch. Are, are you that stupid? Are you that naive?" Uh, Muss seems like a good dude, a good guy. Must is good guy of the week. All uh, I see is the two astronauts like in that beam, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. what are you doing? It's like always has been. Like, always cow. has yeah. been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the other the other ones we have, Conzo Martin. 
I don't. That's I don't a good one. That's a good I don't, one. I don't. I don't. I don't you, you think? You but why bring the smoke to yourself? You're right. Like, yeah, why, I don't why? think Conzo. Yeah. yeah, I think Conzo wouldn't want that. I think Conzo is a players' rights guy through and through, and like <laughs> he knows he, he sees the bigger picture. Like if he, if this comes out that he's railing against this, he's screwed. Like that's the one mm. thing he has working in his favor is like he can. He's a players' rights guy, and yeah, I. I, I but but yeah. we have to. If you want to look at the same NBA with playoff, Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> well, Conzo's guy though is going against Cal's guy in the playoffs. We got Hero versus Jalen Brown, so maybe there's some like you know something something there. Maybe Michael Porter, Michael, Michael Porter versus Jamal Murray. The, 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 the debate is within his own team as the wow. better player, the Conzo player, <laughs> the Cal player. And like uh, Conzo, Conzo and Cal are going after the same recruits, but Olivier Saar again, like being an older guy, like that, that's not really his. If it was, if this was a guy they're trying to get eligible, that's a five star McDonald's All American. I could see more yeah, of a. Con- it was a guy that like didn't have like test like we're we're back in the days of like you have to pass the, the ACT or SAT and, mm-hmm. and it's a guy that like reclassified and didn't even take those tests and like mm-hmm. Cal's trying to finagle it. I think Conzo mm-hmm. has a problem with that, but yeah, this one I don't think he so. lets it slide. Uh, finally, the last SEC coach we have not mentioned is Frank Martin. Um, I I don't I don't see Frank Martin having a no. There, there is literally zero chance that Frank Martin is the one that is involved in this thing. And in fact, yeah, I could see him going to bat for Calipari and for yeah, Olivier yeah, Saar yes. uh, because he's like for the kids. And I yeah. think, uh, yeah, we talk about players, coaches. Frank Martin is definitely that guy. Yeah, but long story short, it's Bruce Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the best part about Bruce Pearl is that uh, TNT did this like introduction for all the guys, you know, for Shaq, Ernie, Kitty, yeah. and Charles. And Charles, you know, he has his daughter. It's very nice. And then they cut to Bruce Pearl with, with the whole Auburn basketball team. And he does the full War Eagle chant for Charles. And, again, he's playing like America's coach. He, he's pandering himself to the national audience. And then all you can really think about is, like, is this guy getting off here smiling, laughing, chuckling, yelling, war eagle and just calling the league office like what's going on with the star situation yeah let's get yeah, this figured yeah, out yeah yeah it exactly. does seem like that every time i rail on bruce pearl like people seem to get upset and uh <laughs> I, I guess i get it like if i was an auburn fan i would defend my guy i get it you have to defend your guy you you have to that's that's part of being a fan is your rat like fan is short for fanatic you're mm. it's it, it there's irrationality baked into the idea of being a fan so yep. i don't i don't have a problem with that um of the, you're defending your guy that's how it works but like no i will never apologize for like railing on bruce pearl the guy's a snake he always has been and like honestly saying he's not a snake would probably piss him off he's like yeah that's Mm. that's who i am that's how i've risen to the top of my profession Mm. uh i play the victim card when i get fired (laughs) and then i go somewhere else and i be i build a winner and i snake my way to the top again and then everyone pats me on the back and and then i go in front of the tv cameras and i have a smile and i'm charming and everyone forgets about the like the wake that i've left behind me which is just like scandal after scandal and snake move after snake move that's who he yeah. is yeah and everyone's and it's like okay what are, that's yeah. college basketball that's what we it, love that's sec baby it's called being a bad guy and when you're a bad guy you have to be that guy at all yeah. times and my favorite part about this whole story is that i think i could count on my finger how many coaches in the sec actually have seen olivier sara play a full game yeah right and, right 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 and, and like that that to, and even Kentucky fans you know I, if you go if you just go in you know Twitter anywhere online Google and just type in Olivier Sarr you'll just see the message boards and everyone is up in arms like let yeah. this man play we need this guy and Olivier Sarr could be Nick Richards this freshman year for all yeah time, right you know or he I mean? could he, be they were doing the same with Reed Travis who wasn't yes. bad at Kentucky but like Reed Travis they, they were acting like Reed Travis was going to be the difference in winning a national title not he was he, he was all right at Kentucky he was fine I don't mean he to, was solid I don't mean to kill solid. him but like he was not 
Zion Williamson. It wasn't like you're bringing him. And that's what Olivier Saar. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you're Olivier Saar and you're the brand of Olivier Saar, you don't really mind the fact this is drawing out because the attention is there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. About, Dude, the, get the, all the best case scenario points. is like keep it going. You don't yeah. ever get cleared. You're going through the whole season. You're still not cleared. You're getting NBA draft buzz. Now all of a sudden you're like a lottery pick. Yeah. People are like, have you seen this Saar about- kid? And they're like, no, but I heard he's great. You, you get an Enos Cantor <laughs> situation where everyone's like fighting, to, like, like Cal's in every press conference. He's like, I swear to God, if Olivier Saar gets cleared, we're winning the national title. And all the scouts are like, damn, dude, this guy yeah. is not. Like, yeah. And they see him play yeah. defense once. They're like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? How did they get us? Oh, man. Um, yeah, anyway, it's Bruce Pearl. Uh, mm. So th- I, I want to also, but to wrap it up, I want to shout out Will Wade because I, as I was railing on Bruce Pearl, it reminded me Will Wade is the future of college, of snaky college basketball <laughs> coaches because he, the difference between Bruce Pearl and Will Wade is Will Wade wears it on his sleeve. Will Wade does not get in front of the cameras and try to be like, like I'm going to paint my chest at a women's basketball game and I'm going to like, you know, be buddy buddy with Charles Barkley and try to look like mm-hmm. this like just affable, mm-hmm. like fun loving mm-hmm. guy. Will Wade is like, yeah, bitch. I'm I'm a gangster. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to college basketball, baby. That's that's who I am. That's who I'll just, always be. And that's just stands there and smirks. And, and I love looks, it. Yeah. I love it so much. That's the the old school. Get rid of the old school of college basketball, which is like in the shadows. You're behaving a certain way, and then you get in front of the cameras and you behave a certain way. Give me more Will Wade. Give me mm-hmm. like like just show me who you are. At be all a gangster times. at that's all times. I, I don't I don't necessarily want more. Uh, I don't I don't want more like slimy guys in college basketball i just want more authenticity is what i want mm. that's what i appreciate mm. about will wade it's just authentic mm. you know who he is um mm. anyway enough about that we got to talk about tyler hero let's take a break we're going to come back talk about tyler hero being a bucket um and some other playoff thoughts after this quick break to talk about who else our great friends at whoop whoop is a fitness wearable that provides personalized insights on the performance of your sleep how recovered you are how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from your workouts and the normal stressors of life. What does all this mean? How advanced are we talking here, Mark? So on the last show, I, I did the whoop ad read, Tate, and I said, uh, you don't want to count steps. Ste- steps are for basic bitches. I had a guy reach out to me, and he said he was he was literally walking his dog as he was listening to the show, and he was counting his step. Like he, was, he kept looking at his step counter as he's walking his dog, like trying to see how much further he has on his walk. <laughs> And he hears me go, <laughs> if you're counting steps, you're a basic bitch. Uh, but I stand by it. Listen, whoop is uh, yeah, double down. Whoop is more advanced. How, how advanced are we talking here, though? When I say track sleep, what do I mean? Whoop tracks all four stages of sleep. Did you even realize mm. there were four stages? Of course you didn't. There is slow wave. There is REM. There is light. And there is awake. I think I understand. Does awake count as a stage of sleep? I don't think it counts, but I, I guess we're always asleep. asleep. Yeah, life is a dream. Uh, Whoop can tell how much you slept and how, and they can tell this down to the minute. You wake up, you get your report, what kind of sleep. It's not enough to just be asleep. Are you getting good sleep? Whoop will track that for you. Uh, and Whoop right now, as always, is offering a 15% off promotion. When you use the code Titus at checkout, go to whoop.com, W-H-O-O-P.com, and enter code Titus to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter with Whoop today. All right, Tate, we got to talk about Tyler Hero. Um, everyone's talking about him. The, the, the Heat and the Celtics game is tonight. Again, we're recording this Friday morning, so for a lot of people – Maybe by the time you're listening to it, the Heat. Maybe the Heat have already eliminated the Celtics. Maybe mm. not. Maybe we have a series. That's a. That, I, lo- I love that when the Nuggets beat the uh, Lakers when it was uh, Game Three and it was two to one. 
We have a series. That's what yes, exactly. That's all it takes. <laughs> One win, folks. It's a series, folks. We have a series, and, and then the, people and work then the it Lakers back. Win. They're, they're like the Nuggets should have won Game One. They should have won Game Two. Nuggets could be up three zero. Yeah, if you really yeah, want to yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain that to somebody that like uh, when when all these close games, like it's very easy to look back at like a, a series that has a lot of close games and just say like it could have been three zero, it could have been three zero the other whatever. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, that's how it works. Like when they're close <laughs> games, like either team could win. Like you could just as easily, if you're the Lakers, you could just mm. as easily be like, we could have finished this series out. The one game the Nuggets won, we came back, we had it, we were right there. We kind of like let our, you know, we were charging back, and then we screwed up a little too. We much ran out of time. That's yeah, our we ran out of time. Trip. What? Yeah, whatever it is. Like you could always. That's that's one of the annoying things I, I found about covering the playoffs and, and the series <laughs> is just like you can you can construe it unless you're just getting your ass kicked every single game. You can kind of construe it and be like, dude, we should be up 3-1 right now. We, we could have, like, we could have just swept them. What the hell happened? Um, anyway, let's, let's lock in. we got to talk about Tyler Hero being a bucket. Uh, and mm. just, I just want to revisit our thoughts <laughs> when we saw this man. Uh, because every time I watch Tyler Hero play, like, watching the Heat is really just, like, stepping into a time machine for me. Because I, I, I already kind of recapped how I feel watching Duncan go nuts. Um, just my mind goes back to when he called me before he we went in for his senior year at Michigan. And I'm like, holy shit, how did this guy become this? Similarly with Tyler Hero, every time I watch him and he's, he's dropping 37 points and he's getting compared to Magic Johnson and he's the league is in good hands because Tyler Hero is balling out. Mm. All I could think is that one night in Indianapolis when Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett and, and Cam Reddish and Jack fucking White could not miss mm. that night, the, the, Blue Devils are running Kentucky off the floor. One of the one of the most embarrassing losses in Kentucky basketball history, and it predominantly fell in my mind on Tyler Hero's shoulders because John Calipari, the entire offense, Kentucky. This was the first game of the season. Out of the gate, John Calipari's offense was basically run baseline runner for Tyler Hero, like he's Reggie Miller in mm-hmm. in 1998. Um, and and that is our offense. We're just going to pass the ball wing to wing with Ashton Hagens and Keldon Johnson, right? Like those were the guards, I think, on the, yep. with, with Hero. And then we're just going to run Hero baseline runner and try to get him the ball and give him the green light whenever he shoots. And at the time, if you remember, going into that season, we got – Kentucky did a pro day going into the season. And uh, we got all their facts and figures. And Tyler Hero had like 14% body fat or something. Like mm-hmm. it was it was mm-hmm. astronaut. Like he had the same mm-hmm. body fat percentage I did. Mm-hmm. And then we watch him play and they're running baseline runner with him. And I'm like, has Cal lost it? Has the game passed him by that he is – He's running his offense through this it, it fat like white Coach, dude. It looked like Coach K had taken the one-and-done corner and had fully stamped himself as, like, I have this figured out better than John Calipari. Because, yeah. like you said, Zion looked like he was a Greek god playing amongst little boys. Yeah. And he's, like, dunking all over people, throwing the ball down. They looked like uh, they were going to run them. I mean, they did basically run them off the court. And then we got done with that game, and we said – who is this hero Dude, guy? Who's, who's hero? <laughs> yeah, what, he's he's what, fatter John Diebler, as you said. It's like, what he is. I was like, what is happening? What has happened to Cal? Has he lost his marbles? Like, what is going on? Uh, I will say, as the season progressed, we backed off from that. Like, I gave heroes no, due. We, as, yeah, we bought like, As you started watching him yeah. play. I actually, I feel like I became a Tyler Hero believer the first time I heard him speak in a press conference. And I was like, oh, that guy is not the guy I thought he was. That guy is not the Wisconsin buzz cut that he originally committed to being. That guy is a different breed. Uh, that guy, there's something about that guy. It's a little different. 
Yeah, we know that. And then I think uh, after this last game, when he has 37 points and goes off and, you know, basically second all-time rookie in the playoffs, Bam Adebayo had my favorite quote in the press game or press conference as I'm watching. He goes, nothing Tyler does surprises me. And I think that encapsulates, uh, encapsulates who Tyler Hero really is because, like, even in that Champions Classic, it didn't surprise me that Tyler Hero, just based on what we saw that night, that he struggled. You know what I mean? He yeah. was kind of like, this is not – bad matchup, right? Bad matchup. Bad matchup. doesn't surprise me. Uh, it also doesn't surprise me that he has the unconscious confidence to continue to just that's attack. it right there <laughs> yeah, that's like, it right there is the difference is tyler hero could be 0 for 36 and that 37 feel great. Shot feel great. Like, he, he's, he's in the zone he's locked in yeah and and that fearlessness in all honesty that is that that is why he's successful that is that is that is it i mean that is <laughs> that explains it it's like the guy is unconscious and that's like that's what i mean when i heard him in the press conference for the first time i was like oh this guy's just a little different like the way he's mm-hmm. wired is different um and yeah that 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 explains his success more than anything to me is that he has no conscience and i don't mean that like as like a cliche i mean he literally like does may not, not yes he literally may not have a conscience he, <laughs> he may have no idea what's going on he just is like i am a bucket i'm going to go get buckets that's what i do and that was the moment when you and i i think officially made the our own turn to tyler hero fandom when he did that in kentucky when he says i'm a bucket i'm a bucket yeah, we, we, yeah. you and i looked at each other and we said this kid that's not john deepler john yeah, deepler yeah, would not yeah, say yeah. that <laughs> exactly. like, this kid has the confidence of like swaggy p yeah. uh and and is not afraid of any moment and also like the guys around him seem to be, like build off of that confidence because they're so it's so stunning and yeah. uh, i thought he was rex chapman 2.0 but he's even more uh yeah. savvy as a player right now and uh my one note that I had, though, was after this game, Brad Stevens, uh, you know, your former coach, mm. you're in the Brad Stevens mm. coaching tree for people that don't remember. Um, he did something that I really think is such a college coach move, and it makes me think, Mark Titus, is Brad Stevens going to come back to college? Because you don't do this in the NBA. He said after the game, Jimmy was great late. Adebayo was his typical self. Dragic made some big plays, but Hero, he was ridiculously good tonight. That rim must have looked like the ocean to him. Mm. And, like, this is the NBA playoffs, Brad. Like, this is not the time to be building yeah. up the confidence of the players on the other right. team. This is not yeah. the time to say something nice about the kids and how, you know, the, you're, you're impressed with their game. Like, th- this is full-on professional basketball. But it gave me this sliver of hope that, like, Brad Stevens misses – the, the the point in time where you could compliment the other team and compliment the young kids. He was talking to the kids. And I know yeah. Tyler is 20 years old, and that's our favorite new meme that's coming out. Everyone's like, Tyler Hero is 20 years old. If they win the title, he can't even drink champagne. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. Well, like Brad Stevens in that press conference, as I watched, I was like, man, this that's, guy wants college basketball. That's a quote this- that, 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 that reads like something like if Justin Robinson dropped like 28 on, uh, in Cameron Indoor Stadium or something and Virginia Tech lost by seven – Mm. and coach k's in the post-game press conference that that's what that reads like, like amazing like amazing. I, like duke still yeah. won so he can say nice things about the other team he's like that's yep. justin robinson what a, what a shooter he is oh, exactly like, exactly that you can't like. do that you can't so do that, that in the playoffs to this question and i'm not gonna do it i i am in the brad stevens coaching tree i mm. am i you know i i have a long-standing i've known brad uh i call him brad that's how well <laughs> i know him uh dating back to when I was in second, third grade, when he was my coach on, on the AU team we were on. Um, so I don't want to, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I, I teased it uh, last week. I was doing my fraud power rankings and I said, in the, in, in the interest of journalistic integrity, I have to mention that Brad Stevens is a candidate, but I, I, I've thought about it more. 
I can't do it. I don't care mm. if this makes me a fraud. And maybe I put myself in my own fraud power rankings because as a journalist, I'm not doing my job. I'm letting my bias cloud my judgment here. So I'm not going to do it. Tate, I'm going to ask you to pull the trigger for me. Does Brad Stevens belong on my fraud power rankings? Because uh, he's not a fraud. He's not okay. a fraud. Okay, thank God. He's not a fraud. That's that's a fact. Brad Stevens, what Brad, what Brad Stevens is, again, and I'll say this for the people in the back, the man is a college coach, and he's trapped mm -hmm. on an NBA team, yeah. and he's got Danny Ainge trying to tell him, it's just like college, coach these young kids, coach Jason Tatum, coach Jalen Brown, you know, get them ready to go. Gordon Hayward, you remember him, you love coaching him at Butler, you know, this is great. Yep. Uh, that whole thing works, and it's fine and dandy. Uh, as far as managing a team, getting your team prepared, I think that's what Brad's done. I think going into every single game, you can't say the Celtics aren't aren't prepared. They aren't. They don't have their own game plan. Not, everything looks you know prim and proper. They're ready to go. But in the actual game itself, Brad mm -hmm. Stevens is not making the adjustments and deviating from that plan. And yeah, I think that's a Eric's, college move. Yeah. And that's a college move because you have your philosophy, right? That is yeah. Coach K. That is Roy, when people watch Roy Williams, like, why, why did he call timeout? Why did that's not his yeah. philosophy? That's I how he coaches. The film, I ran the algorithm. It said this will work. And God damn it, it's going to work. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And meanwhile, Eric Spolster is like, I don't, one, I'm just throwing shit at the wall because I yeah. want to see if you do anything. I want to see if yeah. you bite. And I want to see if there's some sort of second layer to this plan. And Brad's like, let's just keep our eyes, you know, ahead. Let's keep on the straight <laughs> yeah. and narrow. Like, you know, one and oh, let's get a win here. And I think that that to me would be why someone could say that Brad is being out coached. It's not because Brad's not prepared just as well as Spolstra. It's not because yeah. the it's a bad matchup. <laughs> it, it, it's honestly Nick Nurse did it in the last round against Brad Stevens, and he did a great job um, just trying to throw shit at the Celtics. And I think that uh, Spolstra is up the ante on him. And I want to. I think it's interesting to see if Stevens will change because if he doesn't change, then if I'm his agent or if I'm someone close to him, I'm like Brad. Are you sure you want to be here? Yeah, like, this you, is like, let's go to IU. Let's go to let's go to Duke. Mm -hmm. Let's go somewhere else where you can be. You can do anything you want because it's your coaching and it's your system well, and it's your philosophy. His agent is his wife, so I imagine those conversations are already <laughs> happening. They've been happening for a while, uh, nice. and amongst other things, such as like, can you do the dishes more often, Brad? Uh, <laughs> so you're saying he's a college coach trapped in an NBA coach's body. It just we need like a freaky friday situation we need to get brad and 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 john calipari in the same room and they just mm. like and they say what if we switch bodies at the exact same time and then you look up and <laughs> and cal and, and brad stevens is at kentucky and cal's because the thing about it is, like, if John Calipari was in that situation, like, Grant Williams would go in and start being the point guard. Like, he would just do whatever it is to just kind of throw something yeah. back at the wall. And Brad, that's just not his mentality or his M.O. Or Jay Wright. Jay Wright's the better. Jay is Wright's it? a good one. Jay Wright is the guy that the, that, that would work for. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think Brad's a fraud either, but I also – I'll never say Brad's a fraud. I love you, Brad. <laughs> no, but, but I, I, I would say Stevens is a lot like Tony Bennett, right, when they were losing to UMBC yeah. and everyone's like – why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he press? Why doesn't he try this? And it's like, because Tony Bennett has a philosophy and he has a plan. And the other, the other thing too is like Brad Stevens is a victim of his own success where, uh, and he's a victim of having, of coaching at Boston. Like where it certainly helps him in a lot of regard. Cause he's got, there's so many Boston mouthpieces in the media that, mm -hmm. uh, that he, he, he gets pumped up. He, because of that but it also like the backlash gets built up because of that like people get sick of hearing about boston they get sick of hearing about how jason tatum's 19 years old even though he's 
not <laughs> 23. Yeah. yeah they get, they, everyone gets sick of hearing about that. So when they fail, they're quick to like lash out. And also you're a victim of your success. Cause when you go to the Eastern fight, like you got to eclipse the last thing that you've done. So mm-hmm. if you go to, I mean, it's the Sean Miller thing where like Sean Miller makes the lead eight all the time. And now it's like, you're numb to it. If Sean Miller makes the lead eight, no one cares. If Sean Miller yeah. can go to seven straight elite eights. And we talk about how big of a failure he is. Cause he can't get over the hump. Um, Brad Stevens has that going for him too. You know what I mean? But like in yep. any other context, a guy who like steps into the NBA and immediately starts rattling off Eastern conference finals appearances, you'd be like, God damn, this guy is, is great. But mm-hmm. at a certain point, the switch gets flipped and it's like, but can he win the big one? Can mm-hmm. he take him to the finals? Can he, you know, and that's kind of happened, but that doesn't make him a fraud. That makes him a college coach. <laughs> Exactly. Anybody, listen, in college, making the Final Four is all that matters anyway. You make the Final Four. And you've done four, it twice, Brad. You're already yeah, done. done You're already he's done. done. You have nothing from, to prove, Brad. Just go back. He's from we Indiana. love you. He's from Indiana. I don't know if people know this. <laughs> he's from Zionsville, Indiana. Zionsville Community High School. Uh, come back home, Brad. Uh, how about Nuggets-Lakers? Last night mm-hmm. was game four. Lakers take a 3-1 lead. I don't know if you knew this, but the Nuggets uh, have come back from down 3-1 before. They've done it twice in these playoff state. Are the Nuggets sandbagging? Are they purposely losing so they can get it 3-1? I don't think they are. I think that that is not happening. I think the Lakers just might be better. But the Nuggets you, are so God damn, the Nuggets are fun. I know. I, I'm, I'm just at the point in this series where I want the Nuggets to keep it going as long as they can keep it going. You know what I mean? If we just get one more win where we get a game six, I think that's a win for everyone that's a basketball fan. Yeah. But the, the series itself is hilarious because, like you said, the, the, everyone's like, this is right where the Nuggets want them. Yeah. You know, yeah. retreat, yeah. retreat, retreat. Everyone loves it. Um. The the fact that I get Tom Haberstro put this tweet out with the point differential it was like plus four. They were down negative minus forty eight against the Jazz, minus thirty seven, and then against the Lakers, the point differential was eleven points. So I got that said to me by like three different people, and they're like, "See, this this is a series. Everyone's saying it's over. We have a series, we have a series folks. Okay. Uh, they they won one. Do we game. have a series or not? That's what I need to know. Is it, do we have a, it's three one? Is this a series or not a series? I need to know." Because yeah, want the Heat Celtics does not feel like a series. We do mm-hmm. not have a series. Mm-hmm. But Nuggets Lakers, we do have a series, is what you're saying. That's what the so people are saying right now. Saying- uh, because 11 point point differential, uh, that is the difference. Again, the numbers are staggering when you really look at the numbers. Uh, I, I do think that I find it fascinating. Like we talked about last time, this is not the LeBron James uh, narrative push that we usually see in the yeah. playoffs where it's kind of like the Lakers are this one unit that is like, it is the Lakers entity, not LeBron. Obviously LeBron is a big talking point, but it's not just singularly LeBron. And the Nuggets, for whatever reason, just the the back and forth that has happened, like they've been so likable despite the mm-hmm. fact like after this game like you know th- there were some Lakers fans chirping about the Nuggets complaining about Jamal Murray says after the game like I, I wish I'd gotten some calls down the stretch you know LeBron Mike you know, Malone got- said he's gonna he's gonna look into the channels that the Lakers went into with the- exactly and then like before the game there was a report that the Lakers had reached out to the league about getting him more foul shots you know all this sort of like rumblings and rumors but if you just watch the games themselves they've been so entertaining and they've been such a, a back and forth I mean I wish Jokic wasn't dealing with foul trouble as much but I, I do find just the uh the matchup is so it's so back and forth anthony davis comes out in this game and he's just like is on fire six on straight fire. shots that he yeah. makes you know and you're just kind of like man this guy's unstoppable then Jokic and jamal murray they look unstoppable and then when lebron decides that he's just going to get in transition and be a freight train you're like man 
the Lakers in transition. They're unstoppable. And uh, I, I'd have just really enjoyed this Western Conference. I'm so glad it's not the Clippers. And I just want to reiterate yes. that again. I'm just so happy that I don't have to deal with the negative, like, media rollout where every single game is picked apart because of this foul or this call. Right, right, Kawhi right. didn't get this. LeBron got that. We're getting some of that, obviously, because that's just what happens with the NBA and the officiating that goes on. But it has been enjoyable basketball. And I do think that the Nuggets, like, they have not been sore losers about it. I think if the Clippers were down 3-1 right now and, you know, the Lakers took 32 free throws in one of those halves in games two, like, all these things would be talked about a lot more. So I just want to say that. As far as this I, series, I've enjoyed it being more basketball than bullshit. And if it was yeah, the Clippers, yeah. it'd be a lot of bullshit. There'd be a lot of bullshit, time. yeah. Because yeah. also what would add to it is, like, the Clippers and the Lakers have similar windows where mm-hmm. they both need to win right now. And I think the Nuggets – I'm not saying the Nuggets are happy to be here – um, and because, you know, the, the, the Nuggets are good enough to win the title. They still are. They still, like, we've seen them, all jokes aside, we have seen them come back from down 3-1. I think uh, it is a fair assessment to say that they are every bit as good as the Lakers from what we've seen so far in terms yep. of, like, like if they won three in a row, I wouldn't be absolutely stunned. I'd be a little surprised at this point. To, I mean, no, Cal and Coward. The Lakers the- feel inevitable, but, like, yeah. You know, Coward did like a top 10 players in the series, and I thought it was a really good list. It was like LeBron, AD, all Nuggets players. Yeah, and right. That's was, what I and mean. It, yeah, and it was yeah. like KCP and right. like Dwight. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. was like and, the top 10. And especially you get a situation where Davis rolls his ankle like he kind of did last night and say Anthony Davis is out for a game or he, he's out for a whole half. Like, I don't know. There's There are a lot of scenarios. The, the Nuggets don't have to be lucky to win this series still is what I'm saying. Sure. Like, they could still win it. Uh but there is an element of uh, the, the one part about them being happy to be here is just that, like, they're very, very, very young. Um, they and, and so that's what makes this an enjoyable series in my mind is like even the, the Nuggets are bitching now a little bit about the fouls just because the Lakers get every call and they they um, they complain to, through the channels or whatever. But deep down, the Nuggets, the Nuggets fans, the Nuggets themselves, like all, they know that they'll be back next year and they'll be back the year after that. And you have Jamal Murray and Jokic. Well, Jokic is 25. Murray's 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, the, all the role guys are pretty young except for like Millsap basically. Um, the, the, the nuggets are going to be around for a while. Um, and I think that's exciting. I think that's like, when you come out of the bubble, like the nuggets, every nuggets fan is going to be over the moon. They already are like every, all the nuggets players are going to hold their held. Like they've kind of already won even though there's no such thing as participation trophies and consolation <laughs> prizes. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like in the big picture, they're on the right track. And if they end up losing game five, it's not like this was a failure. Or this was anything like that. Um, they're just so fun, man. Uh, I want to, I want to, we got to, we got to do a Michael Porter Jr. Mystery update really quick, just because <laughs> I want to make this point. Uh, it, it hit me last night as I was watching, I, I tweeted something similar. Um, I was, my, my tweet, I said, like, if you just look up and you see, if you just look up at the right time and you see Michael Porter Jr., making shots you think the guy's the, the goat like you just like the, <laughs> what, if, if you look at just michael porter jr's good plays mm. he's goat tier he's so so good um i i want to i want to just for clarity's sake i was watching the entire game i didn't i wasn't just like looking up every so often but it really dawned on me because like there's something about like when he shoots it the, the swishes are like more forceful that the way the ball goes in the basket the way he, it just looks so smooth and i'm like oh my god this guy like you could really like I, there's really somebody out there who just like watches only the good plays for michael porter jr is like 
this guy is a top five player in the league. He has to be. He's that tall and he's moving like that. And then you watch him dribble and you're like, no. And then you watch him try to play defense. I was going to say, that guy is Michael Porter Sr. And he's tweeting out right now about uh, the fact that his son is not getting more PT uh, in this game, right? Like, I mean, I think for the Nuggets' sake, like, you're excited because Jamal Murray has somehow – or not somehow. I mean, look, Jamal Murray has rightfully earned the fact that everyone is saying, if I'm starting a team, you know, who do I want to take? Jamal Murray or, you know, insert another name, Devin Booker, whoever it is. And everyone's like, of course it's Murray now. Murray's the guy. So, like, the Nuggets have sort of, like, checked that box. Who's, like, who's oh, the, let me stop right there. Who's the best player on the Nuggets? Jokic. It is Jokic, right? It still 100%. is. But, you're, but Murray is. But, th- but this is the good problem. This is why the Nuggets are. This is why you have to be over the moon if you're a Nuggets fan. Is like, Jokic is your best player. And Jamal Murray, your second best player is like just absolutely torching the league and make and, and finishing at the rim at a level like it's like I mean, Kyrie Irving's the only one that comes to mind that's like even in the same ballpark of like how I mean Derrick Rose used to be great at it too when when back when he had knees. Um, but yeah, the way Jamal Murray's finishing is just absolutely absurd. And he's their second best player technically, right? Like that's technically. insane. And I mean, and it's like a, a sliver, and it's because I think Jokic may go down if his career continues to project out like it looks right now he may go down as the best big man we've ever seen but I I I digress on that point Jamal Murray is basically the closest I've seen to Curry and you know I'm a big Curry fan I uh I mean even the shimmy down to the shimmy on the way back down the court when he hit the big three in game three I was like man this guy is on another level you're gonna hate this yeah Curry Curry I'm not saying Jamal's better than Curry but Curry can't finish like Jamal did Curry Curry can't like drive into Anthony Davis's chest and hang in the air and like throw up nonsense and have it go in he can (laughs) but Jamal Murray can't do a lot of things Curry can do either I don't I need to calm down I'm not I'm not attacking him I'm not attacking him just Steph Steph are you listening (laughs) Steph come here Defend yourself. No, I'm kidding. Uh, if Steph no. Curry's so good, why is he not playing right now, Tate? <laughs> exactly. why is, where's his team I was, in the playoffs? I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that to come at me. Uh, no, I mean, that's why, like, you talk about that Nuggets window. Like, the only thing that happens that this team is different is, like, Jeremy Grant gets paid this offseason probably and leaves. Yeah. But, like, yeah. guess who steps into that spot? Michael Porter Jr. Right. And that's when – let's get back to the mystery. Michael Porter Jr. mystery. When the man is a starter on this team – there's a chance that it goes one or two ways. It's basically there's a chance that he blows up the the greatest pick and roll duo of the playoff in the bubble <laughs> so far with Jamal Murray and Jokic because he's taking the ball out of their hands. Yeah. But there's the other side of it, like you said, where he just becomes mellow 2.0 in Denver, where yeah. it's like this guy is an ISO scoring machine. Why do we not feed him the ball more? He needs right. to be at least getting 12 to 15 shots a game because he's that talented. And I think, you know, as long as he can somehow keep his head on the swivel and not get too big-headed, I think that there's a chance this or, Nugget team is – the front line is ridiculous. Like, Michael Porter Jr., Bull, Bull, and Jokic. That's insane. That's, that's ridiculous. That's insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but what the, the fear, I guess, would be the worst-case scenario is that this is the Thunder with, with KD, Russ, and Hart. Like, another exactly. example too, of that where, like, yeah, you have Porter many, is hardened, yeah. and they're like, yeah, he's great, but he's kind of in the way. And then they ship him off, and then he wins MVPs, and he becomes because that's going to happen. All these guys are going to win. I, I love the Nuggets. God damn it, I love Michael Porter. I like the so idea good. of Michael Porter Jr. going to Oklahoma City uh, and just being like yeah. an MVP of the league, like averaging thirty-five points per game, but then losing in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That seems that's like his want. destiny. Uh, I loved watch. I love Kyle Kuzma is is in on the Michael Porter train too. That every time. 
Like Kyle Kuzma was biting on Porter's pump fakes like he's fucking Luke Hancock out there. Like, like Porter just raises like his eyebrows. Flying by. flying by. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Kuzma listens to the podcast. He's he's drinking the Michael Porter Kool Aid for sure. Uh, <laughs> the best part was the the one step back that you're talking about that he did fly by. LeBron James gave him the most passive aggressive roll yeah, my yeah. eyes he's ever seen. Yeah. He's like, are you kidding me? Like you fell for that? Like yeah. you know he's gonna do that. Yeah, you know exactly I, my, what he's the, gonna the, do. The thing I tweeted about Michael Porter being the goat. The guy I was talking about was Kyle Kuzma. He's only like Kyle Kuzma's watching film and he's like falling asleep on the plays where Porter sucks. And every time he looks up, Porter's like doing something insane. And he's like, my God, I gotta, I gotta bite on everything. This guy's, this guy's the best player I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, shoot. But um, I think the Nuggets are going to win game five. I think it's going to go to six and the Lakers are going to win. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting. I think it's going to be a six. six I eight. agree. I agree with you as well. And I, I do find it, uh, I think it's endearing to the general public that they have a team like the Nuggets that they have an invested future in, right? Because like, there's a lot of LeBron fans that are not necessarily NBA fans that are watching LeBron and this Lakers team. And they see Jokic and Jamal Murray putting, you know, themselves out there and like standing up to the test of LeBron. And it's like, you get favor for the future. Like you said, the league is in good hands. The league is Uh, in good hands, Tate. And I think it is, yeah. Quickly, do you think there's any validity to the idea that a lot of these young guys – are balling out and looking great in the bubble because they don't have families to worry about and their routines. The only thing that's changed with their routines is they don't go out to clubs after games, which actually helps them because they're more locked in. Whereas like the guys with kids and, and wives that aren't necessarily there, or they are there and they have to, it's just created the situation where there's more stress for like the veterans to worry about. Whereas the younger guys don't. That's, that's been, that's, I've, I've seen that become a talking point. It's getting thrown out a little bit. Yeah. A source, I, a source and a friend of the program on the Miami Heat named Duncan Robinson basically confirmed that and said that is the secret to the sauce in the Miami, uh, you know, the Heat locker room is because like Duncan said his life has improved being in the bubble. He's like, yeah, I, I yeah. love my life in the bubble. Like I don't, I like, I have a nice, situ- I have a nice setup, better than my normal life would be. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then you have like your team leader, your Jimmy Butler, your closer, who is basically like, I love my family and everything and my friends, but like I'm on a business trip. Like leave me yeah. alone. And I think, you know, as the families come in, like you said, the Lakers are more of a veteran, you know, laden team. I I, I think that it's just – it's one of those things yeah. where, like, if basketball is all you're caring about, yeah. I mean, it, it does make like things Tyler a little Hero, bit easier. Tyler Hero – the other thing we should mention is no fans. Like, I don't, I don't mean to shit on Tyler Hero's great performance, but, like, does that happen if well, they're playing at Boston? Probably not. He's probably well, not dropping 37 in the Garden. Well, there's also like we're we're in the oh, TMZ okay. era. We're in the yeah. TMZ era. So like if he drops 37 in Miami, yeah, he's gonna go to Club Live. Oh, he know? absolutely. Like, is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that's what I mean. Cl- this, this works in the Heat's favor because <laughs> yeah. Tyler Hero tonight would be a no show. He would do jack shit tonight. He would be, yep. yeah. But he might actually keep balling out because he's got no distractions. Uh, fun times. Uh, all right, let's wrap the show up. Uh, shout out to closeouts. What do we got? Shout out to Billy Donovan, uh, a guy on this program that we did our predictions. We talked about where he would go. We talked about college destinations, but we also brought up the Bulls. He decides to go there. Uh, He is going to be mentoring Kobe White, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite North Carolina point guards of the last decade or of the last, I mean, honestly, this century, one of my favorites ever, maybe. Uh, And Kobe, just the fact that Kobe's so close to Roy Williams and the fact that we're going to have to get the reunion of all reunions, the bury the hatchet of all bury the hatchets of old school coaches that Mm -hmm. used to hate each other. Billy Donovan and Roy Williams having to come together over the Bulls and Kobe White. 
Mm-hmm. I can't wait to watch the drama that unfolds there. Yeah, when so, Roy goes to, to games, Donovan. when Roy uh-huh. goes to Bulls games now, or his ticket's going to be a few rows back. Versus, Dude, I don't even think he's getting there. tickets. He's not even getting uh, tickets. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, he's got to wait to the Charlotte games. He's got to wait till the, the Bulls are played at the Hornets. He's at those games. He's like with Buzz Peterson. He's, is, like, I'm not, he's like, I'm yeah, not going to the bench. He's like, he's wearing, everybody come over here. And he's wearing the Hornets logo on his, his <laughs> pinned on his shirt like he did with the Kansas logo. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, speaking of North Carolina, speaking of Roy Williams, uh, our good buddy, our, our five-star, Sky Clark, announced that it, we have the announcement before the announcement. The announcement that the announcement is coming. He, is, he will be announcing his college decision on October 22nd, Tate. He, uh, it's, it's basically all the experts are saying it's Kentucky or North Carolina. What's going to happen? I, I will give you, I will give you an update. I will give you a Sky Clark update. Uh, this is uh, just rumors uh, mm-hmm. that, are, that are floating around North mm-hmm. Carolina waters mm-hmm. about this guy. It does sound like he has committed not only to DePaul, uh, he has committed Wait, to... <laughs> this is your story of the day, Mark Titus. There has been now three or four schools that have claimed to get a commitment from Sky Clark. Uh, one of those commitments we got that was sent to us, so I'm glad we didn't report that. But apparently, uh, there's been some some confusion about where he's going. Some a lot of schools or four schools apparently thought that they had a commitment from him. So the October 22nd deadline will be the official commitment. So don't yeah. believe the rumor mills until you see Sky actually put it out there. The Sky, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was I was told that he committed to DePaul. That was a, a, a someone on staff there had had been alerted. I don't want him to go to Kentucky. No, I'm sorry, Kentucky fan. I don't know. Like that, that just I it seems more fun to go. DePaul would be awesome. That would be great. Well, North right, Carolina. Well, right now he's committed. So it, he's committed. <laughs> that's, that's the good news. Uh, I want to shout out Chloe Digert as well. Uh, Reggie Miller on the broadcast last night um, shouted her out. Reggie's a big mm. cyclist. Uh, he 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 pointed out to Chloe Digert, who is like uh, uh, she, she's a she's a cyclist. Um, yep. For, she's she's the best women's cyclist in the country. Um, had a horrific accident. Tore her quad. Like literally tore her quad. There's like pictures floating around the internet, which are graphic and. Uh, viewer discretion advised if you go searching for those um but she's she's from brownsburg tate she's a oh, she's wow. a bulldog she's a bhs graduate uh nice. we, we, we are from the same town and so i was watching the game i, I have known of chloe Diger for a long time um when she was in high school my dad used to talk ta- uh tell me about her that he was like yeah this this girl that like she leaves high school to go like she'll she'll get out of class early or something to go uh practice cycling or whatever she's like he's my dad was on her early my dad bill, bill titus was, bill titus i love yeah, that he always was like, scouting he was like she's going to win gold medals she's unbelievable <laughs> all this kind of stuff so i've known of her for a while she's it's been awesome uh i i take great pride in my hometown if those of you who listen know that i that by, by the way the dogs are ranked second in the state still undefeated the dream season continues for the football team uh i take great pride in where i'm from and so uh watching last night uh, hearing Chloe's name, I jumped up from my couch. I did not realize that she had suffered that injury uh, until Reggie said something. So um, shout out to the Dagger family. Shout out to Chloe. Shout out to Brownsburg, Indiana. And I hope uh, she makes a full recovery because she is awesome. She, she like shatters records and she's like the Michael Phelps would be the example, mm. I would say. Like if you like look up all the races she does, she just like, yeah, like in the, the, the Olympics every year where Michael Phelps just shatters world records, that's what it feels mm-hmm. like. Every time I look up what Chloe Diger's doing, it's like she broke the record by three minutes. How is that possible? Mm. Mm. So anyway, shout out to her. Love that. Uh, get yeah. well soon, Chloe. We're pulling for you. Uh, one more shout out for me. Shout out to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, 
This guy, I, you know, obviously watching the playoff game last night, but then I decided to, you know, put myself through the misery of a Thursday night football game uh, just for old time's sake. <laughs> and let me just say this, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that guy's a quarterback and that guy's a leader. And uh, <laughs> I, I've never had so much fun just getting back into the Fitz magic. And yeah. uh, I know no one cares about the Dolphins and the Jags game. But, man, did he have a lot of fun last night. He literally ran for so a he touchdown. Well? And did he play well, or is it just like memes? No, he, is the Fitz magic a meme, or was it actually magic? He had 18 straight completions, which is – Oh, the, really? The, yeah, it was like a, the second in Dolphins history behind Ryan Tannehill, so that doesn't really help. I thought it was going to be like Dan Marino yeah, like or something. Any, any Dolphins quarterback stat that doesn't have Dan Marino at the top, just throw it out. You're like, I can't yeah. mean shit then. <laughs> no, but he literally uh, – he did something that was super cool. Like, he basically rushed for a touch. I mean, he was awesome last night. I mean, he was like basically unstoppable. But he rushed for a touchdown, and his offense of lime and pancake somebody and like he immediately just dogpiled him on top we love dog piles in this program and baseball misses the dog piles he literally dog piles his offensive lineman as he rushed for the touchdown just jumped on top of him and then after the game he's talking about mike gasicki who is tight end who scored mm-hmm. a touchdown and he's like when you see mike's face after he scores a touchdown he looks like a 12 year old boy's eyes are like all big and he's like so excited he was like yeah. when i saw that i was just like felt like i was playing football in the backyard and like that's my favorite thing about philip rivers like he it always feels like he's playing a backyard football game and fitz magic gave me that last night so uh shout out to ramp you're not on the Tua time train the Tua train the two yeah. was great but Tua Tua get healthy let ryan fitzpatrick yeah. have a fun you know five or well six that's games the way yeah fitz magic that's the way fitz magic works yeah anyway. you got, you got five or six weeks game. of fun yeah. <laughs> no, no 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 there there's there's no such thing as a 16 game dose of fitz magic no it there's is, there's a five interception game on the way Uh, we (laughs) all know that uh i saw this tate uh the time 100 most influential people were were named um Mm. zero people from college basketball were were on the list uh number one is that a problem should does should college basketball have someone in the top 100 number two who would that person be number three if coach k here's a here's a what if (laughs) Would you take Coach K being named Time Man of the Year and having his face on the cover? And, and there's a big article about what a great man he is and how the world, without Coach K, where would we be as a society if it meant Duke never won another basketball national championship? Is that a trade-off you would take? Absolutely. You would take that well. Yeah. I, I didn't think you would. I, didn't I don't care about someone being Time Man of the Year. Like, wasn't Hitler Time Man of the Year one time? Like. <laughs> <laughs> You can have it. That's good. That's a compare. Now I can make a Hitler comparison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Like I am not concerned about that at all. If Duke doesn't win another title, everybody wins. I uh, I do. I I was thinking about this. Like who would be uh, like who would be the guy in college basketball? I mean, Wichita State. Like the Koch brothers would like be like you know talking about like the, yeah, the people yeah, behind yeah. the scenes that would be the most influential people. Eddie Q. Uh... Eddie Q. Yeah, like like that. That's the only people that really came to mind. But like they're uh... not uh, as I guess forward facing when it comes to college basketball. Coach K would be the re- really the only yeah. answer um, yeah. that would really have any sort of cachet. But I think after him pitching the idea of all 300 whatever teams playing the NCAA tournament. I think that's when he lost his chance of being It would be Bruce Pearl list. would find his way on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Pearl would, would make it happen. Uh yeah, that's a good, I, I don't I don't I can't think of anybody that would uh yeah. It would have to be a coach and like all the any coach that would be on there, we would see right through their bullshit that they like like Cal or K or like one of those it's like your publicist said like come on get this I, I think Zion at Duke at before the shoe blew out maybe he's on the list yeah that's yeah uh, like Zion's one year at Duke yeah he could have he could have been on there yeah but that's uh, it Obi Toppin should have been on there Cassius Ooh. Winston Cassius Ooh. Winston what about Cassius Winston what he went through this year 
uh, with his brother. Uh, yeah. Uh, Obi Toppin went between his legs in the final game he played in at Dayton. Mm. Um, that was pretty dope. Uh, Dennis Iowa Smith fans. Jr. when he dunked yeah. at Cameron Indoor. <laughs> that might have been one. Iowa of fans are like, what there. about Luca Garza? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that oh. dream shimmy? From I saw uh, Iowa put out – is this a concern to you? Iowa put – Jordan Bohannon uh, uh, tweeted the picture of the Iowa basketball team with their shirts off and their masks on. We got their their workout um, their workout picture. Uh, Luca Garza hiding. He's in the back row. You can barely see his face. You cannot see any of his body. Are we concerned about this? Don't you want your guy front and center showing off his, his six-pack, the work he put in the summer. Are we worried that Luca Garza is going to be fat? Because this this feels like Zion Williamson. It feels like the Duke documentary when they were showing uh, all the behind-the-scenes stuff of the pool party at Coach K's house, mm. and Zion Williamson would not take his shirt off, and all the mm. guys, all the other Duke players. That's that's the vibe I'm getting from this, Luca. I'm worried. I, I would know. much. I would much. I would much rather Luca Garza be fat than be vegan. And, uh, <laughs> And I think, like, if you're an Iowa fan, that's what you kind of kind of hold on to. You're like, I want him to be able to at least throw his body around as opposed yeah. to losing the body that yeah, he was throwing around true. last year. Well, so maybe even that, if he is a little chunky. What if that's the concern? What if he's skinny? What if he's too skinny? He <laughs> yeah, looks like that's, he's – That's what yeah. I'm worried about. Yeah, but don't I don't know. He's hiding. What are you hiding, Luca? Why are you in the back row? Mike Dom, call him right now. Yeah, Let him know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? Is that it? Is that the end of the show? I think that's it. Oh, uh, I wanted to shout out Monte uh, Monte Morris. Uh, also, he's another guy in the Nuggets game that I thought had a great game. And uh, yeah. yeah, just, just I want to I want to shout out, out the cast of Whose Line Is It Anyway. I've been watching old school clips. Oh, me. great show! Ryan ABC and Colin and, and yeah, yeah, and and Wayne Brady. Uh, mostly just those three guys. Drew Drew was an awesome host. Looking back on it, watching all these old clips, like it always felt like Drew did nothing. But th- there's power in being the guy that just laughs at everything and has to take his glasses off and wipe his teeth. Like that, it always felt like Drew did nothing because all he did was just laugh at the guys. But now that I'm older and I'm I I have honed my comedic, you know, sensibilities a little bit, I see the value in Drew Carey and I'm like, yeah, that's a great fucking host. That guy is great. He's so well, it's it's also funny because like when you're kids and you're watching that show, you're like, how did Drew Carey like build up this like ability to get these guys just to perform for him? You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they're just like doing it for him basically. He's like, all right, you guys go out there and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then, all, and then he la- and then he screws up. Like the other thing is he screw every time he at the end when he comes in the skits at the end and and, and the winner sits in his seat or whatever. Yeah, he always screws it up. And that used to piss me off as a kid too. I was like, why does Drew always screw up the hoedown? Why does? And then obviously you get older and you're like. That's part of the. That's part of the. It's yeah, 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 so yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. so good. He, he's uh, and it also like elevates all the other guys because you're like, man, look at this. Just shows how talented they if, are. It's kind of like Jimmy Fallon. Like Jimmy Fallon used to get on my nerves when I was a little kid, and I'd be like, God, this guy ruins every sketch. Like, get out of the sketch. You're like, you are the yeah, worst. Right. And then as I got older, I'm just like, whatever. Kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. If you want a jumping off point, my recommendation, if you're trying to get back into Who's Line, I've been watching a lot of the sound effects skits. So search Who's anyway, the sound effects where they pull. They pull old women from the audience, and Ryan and Colin are acting stuff out, and old women have to make the noises as they're acting it out. It's so funny. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of that lately, and I just want to shout that out. That's great to hear. That's a show that's been like lost in the shuffle. Forgotten about, but it is a little lost in the shuffle. Like it should be more memed. I I, like, you know, like we should we should be tweeting out whose line gifts and like, like Ryan and Colin should be fucking legends. Like Wayne Brady's a legend already because of the whole show run, and he's still doing Let's Make a Deal, so people still talk about Wayne Brady a lot. But let's talk about Ryan and Colin, please, can we? Those guys and, are legends. And, and, and they got out at the right time. Like, they yeah. did their comedy on TV where they could get syndicated, and they're like, all right, see you later. <laughs> yeah. Cash some checks. Uh, five Star Fridays. Go give us five-star reviews. 
uh feel free to write whatever you want in the uh the comments and we'll uh we'll we'll read them we'll address them we'll address your questions we'll answer anything you want anything anything you want want. oh yeah a final thing five years ago happy birthday bill simmons uh our former boss it's his birthday today it's also is is he 51 51 five years ago today i met him uh shout out to scotty pippen his birthday today i basically learned that like september 25th is a pretty big birthday so uh figured that out so those are those are my final shout outs shout out to bill i'm contractually not (laughs) you can't shout him out yet i can't shout out yeah a month a month away from a shout out a month that i could uh it'll (laughs) my (laughs) my contract will allow me put in your questions five star reviews uh, five star reviews also (laughs) book moses on cameo uh he he made a college decision for somebody they he decided that there's somebody's going to go to indiana so that was that was exciting moses picked a but i i have been doing a lot of these cameos it's the dumbest thing ever but uh i, I want moses book more so please have Mo, book moses and he'll make decisions for you right now the highest stakes is he he sent a, a, a girl uh one of our, our our female listeners is being sent to indiana for for college so that's exciting but um my brother my brother is uh my brother's wife is pregnant my sister-in-law's pregnant and they're having a, another baby boy and um Love it. My brother reached out and said he might have to book Moses to name the name my nephew. So that'll be exciting. That that that, that would be pretty high stakes. It's like <laughs> I sit my nephew down. He's like he's like Uncle, how did I get my name? And I'm like, well, how's my name Wolf? You're like, yeah, my name well, is Wolf. <laughs> my name is Goddamn it, Moses. Speak. How many times do I have to tell speak. you? My name is speak. Speak's a good name. Go speak. Uh, That's the show. Give us reviews, please. We're begging you. Five Star Fridays. We'll see you next Friday. But before then, we'll see you on Tuesday. We're doing another show. We do two a week. Uh, Don't forget about Tuesday shows. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.